0: But you should have recognized Nicola Sturgeon, Alex Ferguson, and Alan Sugar. Did you recognize them? They're all, all very successful leaders. And our passage from the book of Joshua today uh, raises the question of leadership. And I wonder, uh, when you think of good Christian leadership, I wonder what you think that looks like. I mean, would you take Alex Ferguson? As a good model of what a Christian leader might want to be like, would you take Alan Sugar? What, what does Christian leadership look like? Does it look exactly the same as worldly leadership? That's one of the questions I want us to have in mind as we go through and as we see what the Book of Joshua teaches about godly leadership. But as we begin in Joshua, let me show you this map because it's quite important to have uh, some of the an idea of what physically is going on in order to understand the book. So God's people on the right hand side over here waiting to cross over the Jordan River. We're going to bring the map back later on, Uh, but they're waiting to occupy the promised land, which is on the left hand side. It's actually the second time that they've been here. Forty years ago, they were there waiting to go into the promised land and they were distrusting of God and unfaithful. And so God made them wait 40 years longer But actually, probably the biggest thing that you need to know for what's going on at the moment is that the leader of God's people, Moses, who was a fantastic leader, has just died. And God and Moses actually had prepared a young assistant, Joshua, to take over after Moses. Now, you may have heard a few things about Joshua. Actually, he's been mentioned in the Bible a few times before this point. We already know that Joshua is someone who really loves God. I'm going to read you a verse from Exodus chapter 33. It describes how Moses used to go into the tent to meet with God. And it was outside of, of the camp of God's people. And it says this, verse 11 of Exodus 33. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua son of Nun... Did not leave the tent. And that's telling us Joshua loved to be close to God. He had a hunger to know him and his glory and to draw near. Now, the first few chapters of the book of Joshua show what happened as he began to take charge of God's people. And particularly, they show how he was just like Moses, how he picked up exactly where Moses left off and did all the same things that Moses did. But here, just right at the start, as he begins to take charge, I want us to to notice, I'm going to point out three things about Joshua and his leadership, and then two lessons for us. Here's the first thing. The first thing is that God's people need a strong and courageous leader. Anthony's already pointed it out. It was there again and again in the passage. God's people need a strong and courageous leader. So if you've got the passage open, please have a look down. It's page 216, I think, and you'll see in verse 6. God says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give him. Verse 6. Then in verse 7 it says again, Be strong and very courageous. It gets even uh, even firmer. Verse 9. God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then finally at the end in verse 16... Joshua is told again, this time it's by the people, uh, not God. Uh, They say, only be strong and courageous. So, actually, it couldn't be more clear, really, could it? In order to be a successful leader of God's people, Joshua is going to need to be uh, strong and courageous. He's going to need to have courage, he's going to have to be brave to be persistent, to be strong-willed, to be determined. I think actually he, he is going to need to be physically strong and imposing too. But why? Why does this command come? Why is it so important? Well, have a look at verse 6, the answer's there. God says to him, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. You see, it's really important to Joshua to be strong and courageous for the sake of the people. They're the ones who are going to benefit. He needs to be a good leader for the sake of the people. God's going to take care of the people. He's going to give them everything He promised. He said they were going to have their own land, they have a place they could call their home. There were going to be loads of them, and God was going to pour out His blessing on them. It's all about the fulfillment of His promises. And I guess if we're sympathising with Joshua, we might think that's actually quite a lot of pressure on him. That through him, God's going to fulfil all his promises. We might even have a bit of sympathy for Joshua in that situation. So I think the second question I want to ask about this is, how can Joshua do this? Why is it possible for him to be strong and courageous? And straight away, we might think, well, Joshua's been prepared for this role. He's followed Moses everywhere he went for years. He's known this day was coming. He's watched Moses lead. When Moses met with God, he was there. Surely, if anyone is ready for this responsibility, it's Joshua. Be confident. Be bold, Joshua. But if that's the way that we think, if that's the way our reasoning works, then we show that our thinking revolves around the human uh, will and human strength, human competence. Because if you look in verse 5, the answer is there. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Why? As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's there again in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you. Wherever you go. We sang it, didn't we, in that, in that first song. God made a wonderful promise. Joshua can be bold and strong. Why? Because God will always be with him. As things go on, we'll see, actually, God will fight for him. God does all the hard work. And so this promise is incredible comfort for Joshua. It makes total sense, doesn't it? If God is the one who's made the promise, and God is the one who's going to fulfill it, then God will be the one to make sure it happens. Joshua, if you like, it, is the vehicle for that. He can be confident because God is with him. That's the first thing. God's people need a strong and courageous leader. But the second thing that we learn here from what God tells Joshua is that God's people need a leader who is devoted to God's word. God's people need a leader who is devoted to God's word. And that seems to be the other tip, if you like, that God gives to Joshua. So I guess many of us will have had had the experience of starting a new job. Uh, And when you do that, many people might give you a tip. They may say, oh, don't worry too much about doing this in the first couple of weeks. Or don't worry so much about so-and-so. They are always complaining. And I guess you would listen And I hope you listen really carefully to the tips that the boss gives you on how to go about your new job. I think actually our ears are pricked up, even more alert, paying even more attention when we're first starting. And the tip that God gives to Joshua is to be devoted to his word. Have a look at verse 7. There's a whole whole section here, verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. God says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, he's talked, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It's very clear, isn't it? And God says that because he knows what we're like. We're forgetful. We drift away from him. It's very natural for us. And that's no different to Joshua. for Joshua, even as a leader. Even as a leader who loves God, who wants to draw near to him, who used to hang out with God in that special tent of meeting. Joshua needs to keep God close. He needs to, to know what God thinks, to know what God's priorities are, to know how God works, what his law and commands are. He knows to know, needs to know them really, really well. Now, before I was ordained, uh, as some of you will know, I used to be a maths teacher. And so I know from experience just how important it is to know really in, in great depth and detail the things that you're trying to teach about. So when I was in the classroom and the kids were asking questions because they didn't understand something about the maths... Often I would need to explain the idea from, from maybe a different angle. Or maybe I might need to have the big picture so that I could explain it in a different way to help people to understand. When they, wanted to, when they wanted to ask questions, you need to have a deeper understanding, a more complete understanding in order to be a teacher. And I think that's true in many different areas of life when you're involved in teaching or training or explaining. And it's true for Joshua. Joshua. He needs to be really close to God and he needs to know God's ways really well. So it shouldn't surprise us that Joshua needs to know God's law really well and needs to have a real personal knowledge. But verse 8 says even more, doesn't it? He needs to meditate on it day and night and he needs to be careful to do everything written in it. See, There's no room for all that knowledge and a hypocritical way of living. No, he needs to be a man of integrity who lives out what he knows. He puts it into practice. And again, I guess none of that should surprise us because God speaks to us and we can know him through the words he's written down for us to reveal himself to us. And so God's people need a leader who is devoted to God's word. But the wonderful news of this chapter is, and the great news for, for Joshua and God's people, is that Joshua makes a great start. He makes a great start. Uh, he picks up exactly where Moses has left off. And I think he already shows courage and leadership even in this first chapter. Actually, that's why this whole section from verse 10 onwards is there. So have a look at down at verse 10. It's the section with the tribe of Reuben Gad and Manasseh. You see those names there. And, and that may not have made too much sense to you. So have a look at the picture again. The tribes, we have a, a big version up. The tribes are here on the right hand side uh, Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben. The people are here and they've already settled in the land. Their families have already got their, their farms and their land. They've started to build their houses. And they're camped out here and the Jordan River is there. And the rest of the Promised Land is on this side. And so, back when God spoke through Moses uh, and told them about the promised land, he made these tribes promise that when they went over the river, they wouldn't say, well, we've got our land, you guys, good luck, off you go. No, but they would go with them, the fighting men would go with them and help. Uh, And that's what's going on here. Uh, If you look down at verse 12, Joshua doesn't just say to everyone, get ready to cross the Jordan, he says, verse 12... But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, verse 13, Remember the command that Moses the servant of the Lord gave you. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. He says... Look, just because there's a new leader here doesn't mean you're going to get away with it. You made the promise, you've got to stick to it. And what do they say? Verse 16. Whatever you have commanded us to do, we will do. And whatever you, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And then they finish, be strong and courageous. See, Joshua does what he needs to do. He gives clear and direct commands. He takes control, and the people respect that, and they follow. It's a great start. He picks up exactly where Moses left off, and I guess that moment, it's a bit like that that first presentation that you make in a new job, or that first lesson that you teach when you're starting out as a teacher. It's really important, and Joshua makes a great start. If you like, he passes the first test. What a positive start. And what a great guy Joshua seems to be. And that's chapter one of Joshua. But what are we to make of all of that? I wonder if you were to read Joshua chapter one in your morning devotion before you went off to work or before you started your day. If you were to read that chapter and you were praying and you said, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this for today? Would you go away thinking I know what it is? I need to be like Joshua, I need to be strong and courageous. I need to be bold and strong. We sang that song, didn't we? Be bold, be strong. Well, I think there is some of that here, and we will come to that. But I think the first thing I want to say is is no, don't rush straight away to say that we're like Joshua, because remember we've said it's God's people who need a strong and courageous leader. God's people who need a leader who's devoted to God's word. And actually, we're not the leader of God's people. Actually, most directly, this speaks about what God's, the leader God's people need should be like. And Joshua's a great leader. But he's not perfect. Perhaps if I was to give one example, the most poignant example at this point of Joshua getting something wrong, is that he had no succession planning. When Joshua died... God's people ended up with no leader and and the whole nation fell into complete disarray and they were godless and they went uh, from war to war fighting with all these other nations. You can read about it in the book of Judges and it was a terrible time. The the things that we need to learn in this chapter uh, reflect, I think, first and foremost about the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect leader of God's people. So the first thing I think we need to do is to thank God for Jesus. You see, Jesus was courageous and strong. And I wonder if if you really think of Jesus in that way. If you don't, well, let this chapter clarify your view of Jesus. Not just gentle Jesus, meek and mild, but Jesus the warrior. Jesus the brave. Jesus courageous to fight against evil. You see, he's not afraid of the devil and he's not afraid of death. If you follow the Lord Jesus, then he is a strong Lord. He is a courageous Savior. Think of the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is facing death. He's knowing the pain that would come that he's going to endure. He says, Please, Father, if there's another way, but not my will, but yours be done. And what happens? Well, he goes through with it. Even before that, he's talking with his disciples. He's saying that, that he's going to go into Jerusalem. They say, no, don't go there, it's too dangerous. And actually, they don't know the half of it. Jesus knows what's going to happen. And Luke says, he set his face towards Jerusalem. He was determined and he marched in. He knew what was coming. Is that thing how you think of Jesus? When you pray and give thanks for your saviour, do you think of someone who is mighty, and determined, someone whose passion for you, whose love for you, is so unwavering in its strength, it sees him show incredible courage, because that is what Jesus is like. If you had met him in person, you would have been struck not only by his gentleness and his kindness, not only by his willingness to accept anyone if they come to him, but also by his single-mindedness, his focus his courage, his bravery. And that's great news. That's great news for us because we need a leader who is strong and courageous. And Jesus also fits the bill of that second thing about Joshua. He fits the bill as a leader who is devoted to God's word. You probably notice as you read through the Gospels, there are times where Jesus used to get up crazily early in the morning. He would escape from his disciples and he would go out on the mountainside to pray. He used to study the scriptures as well in great detail. Now, we know that, for example, when the, when, the desert, when the devil tempts him in the wilderness, what does he do? Well, he responds by quoting scripture. And the verses that he uses are all in the same place, really, in the book of Deuteronomy. I, I think probably he'd been studying and meditating on that section of the scriptures just before he was tempted. So just as Joshua was so, supposed to be, Jesus is a leader of God's people who is devoted to God's word. If we put this into, I guess, more colloquial language, we would say Jesus is the kind of guy who had time alone with God. He, you might say he was a very spiritual person. He spent a lot of time doing spiritual things like praying and reading the scriptures. Jesus would have always been at the prayer meeting. Jesus would have been committed to his home group. Jesus walked closely With his Father. So I hope that you see that's how Jesus was, totally devoted to prayer, totally devoted to the scriptures. That is how he kept close to his father. That's where he drew his strength. He wouldn't have been able to do all the things that he did if he wasn't. So Joshua was a great leader. uh, But the standards he's called to remind us of an even greater, a perfect leader, our Lord Jesus Christ. But What we see in Joshua chapter 1 does highlight aspects of a good leader, aspects of character that we see in Jesus. That's the first thing. But also, what I mentioned briefly, and perhaps where our intuition would have taken us, we should, after reading this chapter, be inspired to be courageous and devoted like Joshua. So much more briefly as I finish. I hope that as you read this, you are encouraged to be courageous. I guess... Any of you who have any experience of working in a school recently, or I'm sure perhaps in a lot of other workplaces, will have heard this phrase, uh, developing resilience. Have you heard that? Um, I often do funerals for older folks, and I hear about how they would uh, persevere through immense pain and hardship and not complain and not tell anyone about it, and, and actually people just didn't really know. It seems to have grown out of a wartime mentality. And yet today, we seem to have a problem that people lack strength and resilience. Well, of course, there will be times for each of us when we're afraid to try, afraid of change, afraid of the unknown. I know that too. But if that's you at this moment, if you're a Christian and you find yourself feeling afraid, well, let me point out to you that the same promises that Joshua received are also true for you. Isn't that wonderful? The same promises that Joshua has are true for us. Uh, Of course, we don't have the same mission to conquer a a promised land. We don't have the same responsibility to be the commander of God's people. But if you look at verse 5, just the same as Joshua, the Lord will never leave us or forsake us. If you look at verse 9, just like Joshua, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that wonderful? Those things should affect our fear and our worry and our apprehension. Just like for Joshua, it should be a comfort. We should look to him, we should rely on him. Now that can be hard. Perhaps you need to take to heart a little bit more, verses seven and eight, and that importance of closeness with the Lord, knowing his word, meditating on it. Uh, If Joshua and Jesus needed to do that, then of course we do too. But remember the reason Why Joshua could be courageous. Not because of his strength. Not because of his experience. But because the almighty Lord of all was his Lord and his God. And he is your Lord and God too. It's not that you just need to man up or the equivalent if you're a lady. No. You need to remember that God is on your side. He is with you. And he'll look after you. So over the next few weeks, we're going to continue working our way through the next few chapters of Joshua. We're going to see again and again how the Lord was with Joshua, how he kept his promise. And it's not just that he helped him, actually. He did everything for Joshua. And I hope that you'll look forward to seeing more. But, but today, we've seen that the Lord wants a strong and courageous leader for his people and one who is devoted to his word. And we've seen that Joshua makes a great start. 아멘